Hello, everyone, and welcome to One for All, the weekly show where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Anna, and I am joined here today by my other wonderful co-host, Nancy. Now, today we're going to be talking about a very special episode, indeed. It's Season 3, Episode 20, special episode, Save the World with Love, which, if you do not remember, aired literally in the middle of the provisional licensing exam as promo for the movie Two Heroes, which was coming out at the time. And if you remember, last episode ended on a real big cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And when we sat down to watch this, we were very angry. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, I remember very little about the content of this episode itself. I just remember like a real feeling of negativity. And I have no idea if that negativity comes purely from the timing or the content of the episode. So I guess we'll see. I think we had a, a little bit of a debate about whether we should actually cover this because it's mostly nonsense, but we promised to watch every episode. So we are about to subject ourselves to re-watching this very special episode and reporting to you on probably how awful it was. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so how was your week? Um, my week was fine. I very busy at work, which it hasn't really slowed down. Like we had peak mm-hmm. and while we don't we're not getting the volume of orders that we were during peak, like you gotta remember shipping exceptions for like large parcel freight happen weeks mm-hmm. afterwards, especially during COVID where everything just is moving slower because there are so many online orders. Yeah, I have been busy too at work this week, although it has less to do with, you know, the timing of shipping and more to do with the fact that I'm on vacation this upcoming week. And whenever I go on vacation, I sort of try to put myself in a good position for when I come back because you're just going to be busy. That's how how it works. And unfortunately, I was already behind. So that didn't really work out very well. Um, so I had a very busy work week. And I know that when I go back to work in a couple of weeks, I'm still going to be busy. And you may have just heard Coraline. She is clearly also stressed about this idea. Yeah, she was like, work? You're going back to work? No, you will stay here forever with me. Forever. She would like that. But yeah, that is what's going on in our lives. As always, COVID is still here. So, bummer. (laughs) But hey, they said they're going to start vaccinating the old people in Maine soon. So, that's good. Yeah, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one-shot vaccine, got a Approved. uh, approved... For emergency distribution. So hopefully, I don't think life will ever really get back to normal completely, but maybe something resembling it soon. I would appreciate that. I think we all would. Mm. I miss restaurants. Yeah, and movie theaters. I really miss movie theaters. Yeah, our local, our big local like cinema chain like throughout the state is shutting down operations here which is really very sad because it had the only imax theater in the area too it's back to driving to boston Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, anyways we're gonna jump into this episode and cover it uh and see how it was we'll talk to you again real soon and we're back this episode literally just jumps right in with all my shouting at you yes right he is wearing a bright a bright bright yellow shirt because deku is also wearing a bright bright yellow shirt and he's like hey aren't you in the middle of so much exciting television right now don't you want to see what's going to happen next 
Well, too bad. We're here to interrupt you. For a very special episode. And Deku's like, but why? This is important. And he's like, shut up, Deku, basically. <sighs> Deku, we have to save the world with love. And Deku's like, what does that even mean? And I don't think I, even after seeing the episode again, I, I still don't I, know I, what I don't, it means. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But anyways, after this little introduction where they have broken the fourth wall and are talking to us in a very loud, invasive way, we actually do go into the episode itself. And it's placed in time. We're told it takes place like in July over the summer before the training camp. Mm -hmm. So around the time the Pool Funsies episode took place, which you know. We're huge fans of. We're huge fans of. This episode apparently also took place. And there are some continuity errors as a result of that that we will talk about later. This is the summer of shit. Yep. That's what it is. Pool Funsies was bad. This was also not great. No, it wasn't. But admittedly, I feel like it starts off promisingly enough. Like, we have All Might coming into the school, other teachers are there, and they're watching the TV. And they're like, hey, there's a special here all about you. Yep. And they're marveling over young All Might Mm -hmm. on the television set, which is, I think it's footage directly from the movie. Yeah, it looks like it. You could tell because the animation for the movie is a little different from the TV show. That and All Might has eyes. Yeah, he's not a sunken skeleton person. And legitimately, we get to see young All Might. We get to see young young age costume. Mm -hmm. Cementos knows all about the young age costume because he's a fan. I mean, everyone's a fan. Uh, Midnight basically asks All Might, oh, you know, you look so young there. How long ago was that? All Might coughs into his hand because he's embarrassed of aging. I can relate to that. She actually comments on this. Mm -hmm. We get the... Dave David Shields explainer, his tech sidekick from yeah. the early days in America. Yeah, back when he was at school in America, which is why he has American sayings for all of his moves, apparently. He just loved it here so much. Cultural appropriation, but in a different way than you're used to, apparently. Yep. <laughs> and as they're talking about this David Shield character, All Might actually gets an email showing up on his screen. Yeah, he has this moment of remembering. You know how sometimes he just says shit? Mm-hmm. He just says, Dave. <laughs> In a very intense way. Yeah. Every time he says Dave's name, it's really it's really intense. And it's such a bland name, too. Can it always be David? Anyways. We're sorry, Dave's of the world. Mm-hmm. We are sorry. I mean, at least All Might would say your name really intensely. Yep. Because he cares about you. You know what it would sound like when he was talking to you. Mm-hmm. The rest of us can't say that. But anyways, now we get into the actual special training class. We learn that there is going to be a special training class where basically students that want a little extra help, like similar to tutoring or something like that, they can come in and get special training from the teachers. And we go right into the classroom and Racerhead is there and we have six students that will be taking part in this. Yep, it's Todoroki, Deku, Bakugo, Ochako, Tsu, and Ida. Yes. And we learn from Eraserhead that they're going to basically, like, have, like, a crime scenario. And they have to investigate the situation, figure out if a villain was involved, figure out if they need to fight. And basically, what would happen if they faced a crime in real life? And Tanya has questions. But Eraserhead's like, I'm not answering any questions today. Thank you. No. We're going to throw you in blind. Yeah, so the basics of this scenario, right, is that a villain has robbed a jewelry store has taken the customers and store owner hostage 
uh, and is is in there. Their goal is to apprehend the villain and save the people yeah. and figure out what happened. And what also what happened is the police are already there and they're outside of the store in sort of cardboard cutouts and they have called the heroes in for help for dealing with this villain. We, at this point, we know that the teachers will be playing the roles of villains and hostages, but we don't know who is playing what. Um, so the kids decide that they are going to, they need to figure out a way to approach the problem. Um, like who should go in, who should investigate. And it's actually Bakugo who comes up with the idea that, you know, we shouldn't all just rush in. That would look suspicious. Ochako should go in. She can be a little more sneaky, discreet, um, which is true. So good job, Bakugo. Yeah. She's going to float up and take a look inside the building. And this is where we have our first continuity error. If this takes place before season three, she doesn't know how to do this floating yet. Yeah, she would throw up. Yeah, she would puke. So, yeah. Anyways, probably don't shouldn't put that much thought into this episode. Yep. So, she's going to float and the rest of the team is going to create a distraction. Mm-hmm. By distraction, Todoroki is going to call the villain. Yep. And ask, uh, act as the hostage negotiator. And this is where we find out that All Might is playing the villain. Yes. He's wearing a costume. He's wearing a costume, very villainous costume. And Ochako, when she peers in the window, sees that Midnight, Cementos, and Present Mike are all playing hostages. Yep, and they know what's up, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what to do next. Bakugo is Bakugo, and is very impatient. Mm-hmm. So he decides that he's just going to charge in... Take out, you know, explosions everywhere. Take out the villain. And I don't know, you other people can take care of the, the hostages if you want to. Um, which, I know that they're trying to sort of play upon the idea that Bakugo is trigger happy and Bakugo, you know, doesn't really care so much about the human element. But I feel like this is kind of dumb for him. Yeah, especially considering that he was the one who recommended caution. Yeah. So it's just sort of this weird heel turn that happens too quickly. I feel like if maybe this episode was slowed down a little bit, it was more of a two-parter or something like that, and we had been able to get into his head a little more, then maybe it would make sense. But it seems... um, It doesn't really work. I don't think so. So he charges off. Everyone runs after him because they don't really have a choice. Mm -hmm. Eraserhead's like, I knew this would happen. Yep. Oh, no. They bust on in. There's smoke everywhere. Except when they get there, they find that the scenario is not at all what they thought. Because the villain is dead. Yes. Stabbed in the chest. On the floor. Dead. And then there's the commercial break. And then there's the commercial break. Uh, The problem that they have is if the villain is dead, then one of the hostages had to have done it, right? Like, hypothetically? Yeah, they quickly rule out... Um, the idea that he was killed due to the explosion. Bakugo said the explosion wasn't too big, big enough to kill him. He's also got a knife wound. Yeah, a knife wound. Um, Sue checks and makes sure that All Might isn't dead. <laughs> like, we haven't lost the most beloved character on the show yet. Um, she sort of tickles his nose with her hair, and he kind of giggles. So we know that All Might isn't dead. Yeah, they're like, it's he's part not of, dead. It's part of the scenario. Yeah. So they're like, we should ask... The hostages 
like what they were doing here. We mm-hmm. should get the story, right? Yeah. So they quickly surmise everyone's roles. Cementos is an employee of the store. He's playing an po- employee of the store. Present Mike is playing this musician character who is very loud and very obnoxious and very present Mike. And I feel like is the one sort of happy, glowing thing about this episode. Yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous. He's there to buy an engagement ring for his girl. Whereas Midnight is like some executive individual who's there shopping for jewelry. And they're like, okay. And the basic gist of the way that we're told things go. Mm -hmm. So the villain comes in to rob the store, says, put all the jewelry in the bag. Mm -hmm. Midnight is the only character who comes in after this event has started. Yes. And they're like, well, they check their wallets to make sure they have enough money. Yeah. And they do. And all of their stories seem to match up. Yep, everybody is corroborating, you know, what, what's being told here. Mm-hmm. So they're really confused. And they're like, why did he? Why did the villain even barricade himself in here? He could have just left. He's got three regular people hanging out. Yeah, and so we get some ideas from the students. Sue actually suggests maybe we should go and call the police since, you know, the villain is basically dead at this point. And then Bakugo goes right for torture. Let's yep. make them talk with explosions. Let's, yeah, this... Ugh, go. And Sue's like, you can't blow them up to get them to talk. Like, that's illegal. <laughs> they will arrest you instead. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know. Well, why did you say it? If You know. Anywho. So they have a bunch of wild theories on what might happen. They keep getting shot down. But Deku knows. And not only that, but Bakugo knows that Deku knows. And he clearly resents him a little bit for it. And he's like, you you know what's going on, right? And then Deku sort of nods. And then he proceeds to sort of weave out this complex story of, like, love and betrayal that he totally could not have gotten from the short interviews that he had with the three hostages. This kind of drives me nuts. I actually really like sort of, you know, locked room mysteries like this. Or just mysteries in general, I should probably say. And I feel like had they spent more time on this episode and building up the characters that the teachers are playing, it could have been genuinely interesting. But instead, they just go with this Deku making this logical leap that doesn't really actually make any sense. Yep, it really doesn't. Nancy and I are fans of Agatha Christie. We like a good mystery, Mm -hmm. so this was disappointing. Yeah, really disappointing. But he points out that... The key is midnight. That, you know, as she was the last one to enter the jewelry store, she saw him, the villain, All Might, um, and she called the police. This is why the police were already there by the time they were there. And why the villain got barricaded in. And why the villain got barricaded in. So that makes sense, you know. Um, But then the question is, why did she end up going into the store? And we get this elaborate tale of, you know, oh, she was in love with the villain. She knew he was going to rob She knew he was going to rob the place. She had seen him do this before and she didn't want him to go down this road of crime. Uh, and then she charged in, tears in her eyes, and All Might continued to rob the store regardless. And tied her up. And tied her up. And then the police arrived. And he realizes he loves this woman. So much. So much. And that if this... He was exposed, his villainy was exposed, that it would forever cast a shadow over her life. So he was just going to kill himself. What? Yep. And evidently, this is indeed the answer. Yeah. This is a thing that happened. Eraserhead's like, we're done. Yep. This is totally the case. That doesn't make any sense. Because even if you, 
even if you think that, okay, yes, Deku magically could figure out all of these interpersonal things going on between the characters, why would him killing himself cast less of a shadow over her life than him being a, a villain, which she already knew he was? Yeah, I don't know. Eraserhead seems impressed that Deku was able to make this tale out of almost nothing. I'm impressed, too. And, and we are, too. Uh, but they get zero points for this exam because the villain was not actually dead. Yeah. And he ran away. Yeah, basically. And I feel like this is also a little unfair. Like, he said that, you know, you should have tied him up because when, you know, he laughed when he was tickled by Sue's hair, basically. You should have known that he was not dead. But obviously he wasn't dead. They weren't going to kill All Might for an exercise. But anyways... And why would you tie up a corpse? And why would you tie up a corpse? That makes no sense. So basically, All Might runs away, the villain has escaped, and everyone fails. And it's kind of... It's interesting, because as the students are learning this tale of woe from Deku originally, everyone is getting very moved, except for Bakugo. And crying and everything like that of this tale of, you know, lost love, blah, blah, blah. But then as they realize that it was all fake, basically, it wasn't a suicide thing and the villain has escaped and they were tricked, they just get really annoyed. There was no love. And then Bako screams out something like, there was no love or something like that in a really annoyed way. And then the windows crack. Yeah, it's... This this was not good. (laughs) No, this was a really bad episode. Like, I was hoping, from rewatching it again, I was hoping that the issue at the time was mainly that I was excited about what was going to happen next, and that was interrupted. And I like the idea of having more standalone episodes about these sort of classes and stuff like that, but this just, it didn't work. It's it's not good. Yeah, and the episode's not over, no, either. because like, we get a setup for that movie. All my gets back to the school and opens his email and it's a message from david shield dave Mm -hmm. uh his daughter melissa Mm -hmm. talking about how they're having this big like tech festival like on i island Mm -hmm. and how she would really like it if all might came like to visit and to see her and her dad and see like the awards and all the cool stuff Mm -hmm. that's going on there and she points out that you know it would mean a lot to Dave to see All Might again because they had Dave. this <laughs> this close relationship uh, back when they were in school. And, you know, clearly All Might agrees with this. Yeah, he does. And he ambushes Deku on the way home and just says, hey, come to this island with me. Uh, it'll be cool. Not only that, you're, you're leaving right now. I'm not going to go and ask your mother or anything like that just because even though you're a minor, but... You're going to go, and not just for funsies, you're going because um, this is an important part of your training. Yeah, and because I need a reason to justify why a teacher would pick up a single student and go on an expensive island getaway trip for a weekend. Yeah, Deku admittedly is really excited about this idea. He's heard about this I-Island and everything like that, and he nerds out about it for a little bit. So this is clearly a good thing for Deku. I mean, he doesn't know about all the... The action and pain that is going to take place on this island because he hasn't seen the movie yet. Um, but he is really excited about this opportunity. He is, and he's going to go right away. Uh, we get the end credits, and then we get more episodes. More All Might yelling at us and telling us to go see the movie. Spend your money. Spend it. Go spend the money. Support My Hero Academia. 
And then everyone yells plus ultra and the episode is over. The episode is over. What did you think about this episode? It's bad. It's just really bad. Like, I feel like Pool Funsies was bad. Um, I love how we... It's not actually called Pool Funsies. It is now. All right. Pool Funsies was bad because it was a clip show. Like, the actual structure of the episode is was just not to my liking. This had all of the elements to be something entertaining. I love mysteries. I love, like, you know, getting to see these characters interact more and have fun. But the mystery made more, no sense. We have continuity errors with Ochako's powers. And we have Bakugo acting rather out of character. Um, so I feel like it kind of fails on every front, except for setting up the movie. Like, I do remember watching this episode and being curious about the movie. So I kind of wish they could have taken the scenes that were, like, the movie setup ones and, like, place them in other episodes i don't know yeah it's really it's really not great especially when you consider that we know that they're capable of doing good filler episodes yeah we had the sue work study stuff yeah which was something actually very similar to this it was like a standalone sort of you know more action focused episode the the dorm room episode was a lot of fun uh, and there are some OVAs that take place after season four. Which are very good. Which are actually genuinely very good. And they are see- situations similar to this. And this is none of those things. No. The clip, the, the Pool Funsies episode can be forgiven for being a clip show. Yeah. The, its failings are largely determined by the fact that it is a clip show. Mm-hmm. And that clip shows are always garbage. Yeah. This is none of those things. No. The animation is not even that good. Like, there were a few times, like, when Ochaka was floating over and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm used to better quality animation from this. Yeah, you could tell, like, the studio was like, do this obligatory plug for the movie mm-hmm. so people know it's coming out. Yeah. And I it, it, it also feels like the people who had to do this episode didn't really want to do it either. Yeah, I mean, either that or they, like, hired, like, some sort of secondary group that normally doesn't write episodes to write it. Um... Because it's just, it's really disappointing. The most disappointing episode ever. We found the title. There we go. It's either that or Dave. Dave. (laughs) Now that's what we'll call the movie episode. (laughs) That is what we'll call the movie episode. Just just Dave. Dave. I'll go, you know what's really crazy? I bet I can get the the audio clip Mm -hmm. from that Dave statement because it's, it's done in a period where there isn't a lot of like background that's, yeah, that's music true. or noise uh, going on. There's no score there, really. So I bet you I can get that and we mm-hmm. can put it in the episode in between segments during mm-hmm. the movie. <laughs> that's exciting. But anyways, do you have a plus ultra character of the week for this episode? Nobody went beyond this week. And nobody went beyond this week. I say, I say we abstain. No one earned it. Yeah, I mean, I mean really, even... I, we made the comment earlier about how present Mike was fun, but he only had like three epi- three lines in the entire episode. So I feel like I can't even give him sort of like credit for being fun because he wasn't in the episode all that much. I mean, we could give it to Midnight for really acting up her role very dramatically. I don't know. We'll abstain. <laughs> no, no one is plus ultra this episode. It's just bad. Th- that's how bad it is. We even had plus ultra characters for pool funsies mm-hmm. and this... This does not warrant. No, not at all. This does not warrant a plus ultra character of the week. The only good thing 
about this episode was the character design for Melissa Shields is really good. Yeah, and I feel, and as I mentioned before, the only stuff is good stuff is it made me want to watch the movie. Because the stuff from the movie is genuinely good. You know what I would have liked to see this episode instead of what they did? If they had to do one of these? Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see an actual short episode of Young All Might doing something yeah because they were watching the tv special and they could have covered it in that they could have been like what happened on that day from this footage mm-hmm. and then all might could be remembering that yeah i that sounds like genuinely interesting it would be an effective setup for the movie and like not going to give away too much about the movie because we haven't gotten there yet but we don't get a ton of stuff from their past so it would have been nice to see a little more of that yeah, and it would have been an effective setup for the relationship between All Might and Dave. Yep, and get you emotionally invested in Dave even before you show up for the movie. That's what you should have done, studio. Why was that so hard? Seriously. <laughs> Instead, you created continuity errors and delivered a bad mystery. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyways, that's the, the general uh, episode recap. I'm glad it's over. I hope to never watch this episode ever again. Ever. I agree. But anyways, if you want to tell us how much you hate this episode, you can do so on Twitter. We're at One For All Cast. You can also find us there directly as well. I'm at Incidentally Anna, A-N-A, and Nancy is at Watch Nancy Tweet. Additionally, if you love the show, we'd love for you to give us a rating and or review on your podcatcher of choice. It really does help us out, and we appreciate every single one. Thank you to everybody who has already done so. Don't forget to check out Nancy's great fiction on Amazon. You can find her work red and black, black and blue, silver and gold, Lady of the Watchtower. And you can actually pre-order Past and Future. So if you would like to read the fourth book in the Red and Black series, which has time travel, darkest timelines, dystopian version of Bailey City, you can do that. So pre-order the book today. It comes out in the end of April. That's really exciting. Also make sure to check out Beneath the Mask. Yep, which is a, uh, what would you call it, a short story compilation from a bunch of different authors? Yeah, it's a short story anthology that includes a red and black short story. Yeah, it's really good too. So make sure to go check those out. Pre-order that book. It's a really fantastic one. I got to read the the, the beta edition uh, of the book as it was getting ready to go for professional editing. And you won't be let down. It's great. Now, I want to thank everyone for listening. We do this show for you. We say it every week, but we wouldn't be here without you folks tuning in every week. It's great to see those listening numbers on our pod host uh, to get to see that and to get emails. We got our 10,000 listen uh, one recently. And that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was really, really, really exciting and really cool to see in our email in the morning when we woke up. Uh, additionally, we want to thank Richard DaCosta, the composer for the opening and ending credits of the show. And of course, a very special thank you to my co-host, Nancy, who decided to watch this episode with me, even though it is terrible, and so then talk bad. about it. Now, next week, we're getting back to business as usual as we watch season three, episode 21. What's the big idea? And thank God. And I, I feel like the title isn't even about the episode. Mm-hmm. I think the what's the big idea is about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's what everybody was thinking as they got to the end of, of watching this. We're going to check that out next week and we'll see you soon. See you then.